Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 196, Sing Your Heart Out. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Dustin as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? You got that whole movie going voice there, Alex, like in a world where <laughs> I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing great. You know, that movie trailer voice, it's something I practice every night before going to bed. I say, Alex is about to go to sleep and I just pass yes. out. <laughs> I was playing a game earlier and the map that we drop on is called World's Edge. And so sometimes I'm like, in a world full of edges. A <laughs> <laughs> world full of edges. Uh, Somebody's going to get poked. <laughs> we'll always crack up with it. It's fun. I love, I love those like sneaky, uh, wise commentary. But anyways, today is not about the words that people say. It's more about the words people sing. And in this case, is the words that Dustin sings. And today we're going to be talking about karaoke. But, but, oh, so much buts. Well, not that kind of buts. So many buts. We have to know who is Dustin. And just to let you know, Dustin was a guest on my podcast before on episode 127. And he's like, you know what? I trust Alex, more or less. Why not have him back? Or why not come back? More or less. Yeah, like he's like, why not come back? So yeah, Dustin, for people who haven't listened to your episode yet, who is Dustin? I am Dustin Miller, Poly Innovator. And the reason why I say that as kind of like my name, I care more about that Poly Innovator name than my inner name. And it's because that is my essence. That's who I want to be portrayed as. And so when I came back on the show before, it was actually kind of interesting because the hobby that I shared in that episode was around pixel art and spriting and graphics design. And in that world, I actually didn't diverge or divulge. I mean, the Poly Innovator personal brand, I actually was more of just like this separate person. And I started kind of folding that in. And I also just started realizing that everything I do online should be under one name. And that's who I am. Poly Innovator is around this idea of becoming a polymath of innovation. And in that journey, I wanted to find some ways to improve myself. And one of the two, two of the things I wanted to improve on was being charismatic and actually talking to people and getting used to talking to people because I was gregarious, but I wasn't necessarily sociable. I didn't have the skills just yet. So I wanted to learn those skills. And more importantly to this episode, I wanted to learn how to sync. And so I did both of those in one go by going to karaoke religiously. Karaoke, man. Mm. I, I like to go to karaoke. I'm not the best singer, but... I try. My wife says I shouldn't try, but I try. I try. But once again, it's not about me singing. It's about you. So like you said, in the first episode, you were trying to find who you are within my podcast. And in this episode, you know who you are. So you get to share your whole you, if that makes sense. Your whole you. So people get to know the true Dustin, the man behind the screen. The <laughs> or man the man the behind legend. the mic. <laughs> the man, the legend. <laughs> but before we jump into the topic of today, do you have any social media links, websites, or projects you're working on that you would love to share with the listeners? Yeah. So Poly Innovator is my website. So you can go to polyinnovator.space or just at Poly Innovator on every platform. So I always challenge people to try to find a platform I'm not on. And that allows for just like any kind of weak points in my system too. So I can find whatever site I need to go on. And just in a small reference to the karaoke, I actually go by a stage name and it's D-Mike because Dustin, Michael, Miller, so it's like, so it's like D-Mike plus you said behind the mic, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this was all planned. Yeah, I, I yeah. knew this from the start. I'm the guy <laughs> who's in the other karaoke room just listening. I'm like, mm, that's D-Mike. That is D-Mike. Okay, so in my karaoke, <laughs> there's no rooms. It's just one bar. 
Okay, so I, I have questions. I have too many questions about that. But but I will say that I will put all those links down below so people can go check that out and show you some love and show you some support as well. So love and support, you got to show that. So now let's sing along away into karaoke. So how did you actually get introduced to karaoke? There was the current karaoke jockey or KJ as they go by in a way. Uh, his ex-girlfriend was my first manager at the recreation center that I work at. And it was interesting because one night when I was 19, because you could be under 21 at the time to go in there, just obviously couldn't drink, at least in the US. Uh, it's interesting how they just took me there and I wanted to think, I wanted to be in that environment, just kind of experience it. So I didn't have as many bar experiences, let alone just like being at karaoke. And going to work, I'd always sing songs on the way to work, like somewhere beyond the sea or even this Rigoletto at some points too. But it was interesting because I was trying to sing Queen for my first song ever. And my leg was shaking. I was so nervous, but <laughs> it was an exhilarating experience. And I knew that I could get better at it. And so I came back later on the line. Okay. So hold up. You say Queen, which song? Which song? Fat Bottom Girls. <laughs> Can we get a little sample right now? Oh, I was just a skinny lad. I never knew no good from bad. But I knew life before I left my nursery. Okay, so people take a moment to pause this podcast and you sing the rest of the song. <laughs> just take it sing off my along shoulders with, there. Yeah, everybody <laughs> sing along with Dustin. So that's awesome. And was it's like, much better with like a rock track in the background, though. <laughs> Do you want me to do the guitar sound? I, I can do that with my mouth. It might not be enjoyable, but so, okay. do you, was, so do you remember your first, like f not first, but the feeling you had the first time you went on stage? So that's kind of what I was touching on. There was a leg shaking thing. I always wanted to sing in front of people, but I was always so nervous. It's so weird because the same thing happened with being on camera, which we're obviously not recording the camera right now, but I'm still looking at the camera because that's one of the skills I learned as a video creator. And that same line of thinking, like I wanted to be in front of people, but I still had to learn how to be that way. I had to learn how to get used to my own voice on a podcast or being on camera. And like right now, my hand's going towards the camera just because that's what <laughs> I do in order to express myself. And the same thing happened with karaoke. I had to go there and learn to be on stage. I had stage fright. And ironically, I wanted to be a theater. Like I wanted to go into theater in high school, but never got around to doing it. And especially singing too. And I remember just being on stage and it was eight years ago at this point. So I don't remember it fully, but I remember singing the song and doing pretty well with it for someone who had I popped his karaoke, as they say. And so I just, my leg was shaking and that was about it, but still exhilarating. And did anybody come up on stage? Because the way you explained it to me is that you don't do it in rooms. You do it up on stage. Did anybody join you? Because I'm sure you, you sang probably multiple songs, right? Are you saying as in a duet or someone like, because there's a rule against just joint going up on stage when someone else is singing. It's kind of a douche move, so to speak. You don't want to just interrupt their song. But if you plan it out, you can sing with somebody. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Planning it out okay. beforehand, not okay. just like coming in and cutting you after like the first sentence. That'd be, yeah. that'd be pretty rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've done countless duets. In fact, one of the things... One of the first endeavors I had when I started doing a lot of singing and going there more often was doing duets with all the regulars and finding songs that we could do together. And so I definitely did a lot of duets over the years. In fact, I just did one for the first time in a while, a weekend or two ago with a friend of mine. We sang Lonely Island, Jack Sparrow, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. So you've mentioned you've done Queens, you've done Lonely Island. So what are the other type of songs you love to sing? 
Queen, Elton John, Michael Bublé, uh, Sinatra. I was so known for Sinatra and Cooner music at one point. They wrote my name in that section of the book. I've done Rufus Rainwright. I've done uh, uh, Journey. I mean, in most bands, I've, I mean, I've done Britney Spears, even Aqua. I've done uh, Little Tim, Tiptoe Through the Tulips. I've done that one. I've, like, I've done so many songs, I actually can't keep track of it. They actually had little booklets of like... Cause they used to do little slips back in the day and they would just keep your slips. And so that way, if you ever wanted to redo an old song, you could. So they had like little pamphlets of your slips. Nowadays they kind of got rid of those over the years, but I had a whole collection of stuff that I had done in the past. Come and get your love from Guardians of the Galaxy and that kind of thing. And Marvin Gaye, like I've done all kinds of stuff. So whenever I go do karaoke, I am an emotional person. I get into it and I pick a song based on like, you know what? This is how I'm feeling. I want to sing a song that just reflects my current state of emotions. So like sometimes I want like DMX, like party up, like just I want to go like go crazy. And sometimes I was like, it's calm, relaxing song. So for you, when you do pick your song, what is your choosing process? I wish I had a more elegant answer because I know a lot of people who are listening to this who like karaoke, they might want some solutions because it is a hard problem. There is this magical door, right? The threshold of the bar. As soon as you go through the door, you forget anything you planned on singing. <laughs> Every time. It's, it doesn't matter how long you've been going there, how experienced you are, you just forget. And so the idea behind like the planning process, what I often tell people, especially when they don't know what to sing, I ask them, what do you sing in the shower or the car? And those are the songs that you get more emotionally tied towards and you have more of a knowing of the lyrics. And so you can actually sing them pretty well because you should know the song without seeing the lyrics. Obviously karaoke has lyrics on screen. It's kind of the whole saying like, hey, we give you the lyrics, you give us the vocals and it's a good deal. But that's what they literally said in the, uh, in the hosting. But it's interesting too, to think about Oftentimes, you just have to think about what you want to sing ahead of time. And if you forget, find some kind of a collection of songs, like for me, Queen, and stick to that every once in a while if you need a backup. Okay, so another question regarding to picking a song that you know, how long does it usually take you to master one song? It really depends on how much you listen to it. So I've done that Lonely Island song twice, including this past like month. And so, but I did it really well. And my friend who was nervous about it, he did it really well still too. And so, cause he did the rap part and I did the uh, Michael Bolton part. And so it's really fun, but I could probably do both if I wanted to, but I wouldn't say I've mastered that song, but I could definitely say I'm very good at it. So it's part of it's a skill in general karaoke. Like, Hey, most songs throw my way. As long as I know the lyrics, I can do pretty well. It's all about the performance aspect too. But if I were to know it really well, like a queen song, then I could really go off the walls and do more stuff. Okay. So I feel like it's kind of like a sports game in the sense that sometimes some people have a ritual, a tradition before to get pumped up for a sports game. So this might be a really tough question, but do you have a go-to song to start your night and a go-to song to end the night? Like you have Whitney Houston or something like that just to end the night. <laughs> it's like, and I will always love just to end the night. <laughs> so I like to do new things. I don't want to do the same song every time. And usually like on average, you would get two or three songs a night. And it's, it's kind of, you take a long time to get to those songs. And sometimes you're only guaranteed one, let alone maybe two. So you have to be very choosy about which ones you sing. And it also depends on the time of night. Like, hey, if there's a crowd in the middle of the night, I want to sing to that crowd, but I don't want to be singing like Sinatra to a busy crowd. I want to be singing maybe rock or something, hyping them up. 
So that's usually kind of the process and thought process behind it. I mean, but the idea of like which songs I go towards, like I said, it, it definitely depends on the crowd. So if it's a slow night, it's going to make a difference. If it's a busy night, it's going to make a difference, especially since if it's slow and busy, it's like all these little factors involved. And most people don't think about that. They just kind of choose a song, but I want to rock the crowd and I want to make the crowd feel good. And so a lot of times I'll go with a song I know well, Elton John or Queen or a song that I want to do that's slow and I'll have that early on in the nights. And then I'll do like a rock song or a queen song or maybe a a pop song like Mr. Brightside, which is kind of harsh to say that Mr. Brightside is a pop song, but it is now. And because everyone loves it. If I do something like that, then obviously then everyone's going to be super excited, regardless if you're good or not. But if you're good, it just adds to it. And I feel like you're not just going to any bar. There's one bar you go to that they've been doing it for a long time and you've created this like friendship with these people that are going there. It's kind of like a board game night or a trivia night, but it's for karaoke's and you've created these friendships and people, they're less judgmental and they're more welcoming. Am I correct? Yeah. And I would also argue too that the bar itself the rule is like, don't be a D-I-C-K kind of thing. And so it's always been kind of a good environment and whatnot. But ironically, I've been there so long that I've actually been through multiple phases of regulars. Kind of breaks my heart too. It's like people I got used to are no longer there anymore. And now we're kind of getting to a point of a new phase of regulars and they're starting to be more stable and they're coming and I'm making friends with a lot of them. And sometimes there's nights where there's tons of regulars and it's a lot of fun. And then there's other nights where it's completely no regulars and you have to just learn to get to know new people and know the vibe of that night because every vibe is different. Every night is different for the vibe. And the idea behind knowing everybody, including the people who work there, I think is very key there too. Makes it feel more like home. I actually started working there now too. I actually run karaoke every once in a while just because I've been there for so long. That's awesome. And I'm sure people love your enthusiasm, the way that you just come in and just make it welcoming for everybody. And it has me wondering, for those new people that come in, are you the type of person, let's say you've seen somebody go on stage more, like a couple of times, like, all right, you know, I'd love to sing a song with them. And then you would approach them saying, hey, do you want to sing this song together? Or how do you, how do you initiate that duet? Because I've asked that duet thing, but how do you initiate like, hey, let's sing a song together? I will say, uh... Over the past couple of years, I've sang a lot less duets. I think partially just because of the whole regulars thing. I used to be like, especially when I was trying to learn those social skills more and more, I was definitely like approaching every table kind of thing. And so it's interesting how when you approach a table, an easy way in is asking, hey, what are you singing? And if they don't know, then you can try to help them figure it out. If they do know, then you can talk to them why they did that. And if they seem cute or maybe a, a person that just wants to be friend too, like you can be like, Hey, do you want to do a duet together? It's very simple. You just got to ask. And a lot of people might not have the confidence for that, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. And it was kind of funny too. One of the first nights I ever ran karaoke, there was this cute girl and like, and it, it didn't end up working out in the long run, but it's cool. It's kind of a cool little story in a, in a sense. She walked in and I was like, Oh my gosh, I like that girl. Like her whole group was pretty cool. And like that girl caught my eye. And then uh, she sang a song and to be quite honest, it made me swoon for like 15 seconds. I don't know why <laughs> I, I'm not a swooning type to be honest. Uh, I digress. And it was kind of funny because we were flirting with the eye contact, that kind of thing. And then when she got done, she sang it pretty well too. So I was like, as a regular, I would go to that table and say you did well and make a conversation and be like, I want these good singers to sing again. Like not to say I don't want bad singers singing, but I don't want bad singers singing. If I can get good singers to sing again, then they can ha- we can have a better night overall. And so like 
even in the whole like platonicness of sense, I would have approached that table. But I was also learning how to host karaoke that night and I want more people to put in songs. So that's another reason. Plus the final reason, which is probably the more prudent one was that she was cute and I wanted to flirt with her. So all three reasons caused me to want to go over there and talk to them. And I talked to her and her friends and they did well. And I talked to them and I started initiating conversation like that. I feel like that answers your question a bit where it's just like just approaching the <laughs> table, just doing it. I don't know why my wild imagination just imagined you walking over with the microphone and just extending your arm and then just dropping it. It's like, Mike, Mike drops like your move. <laughs> Ruining the microphone, bad for the microphone, but <laughs> I just feel like it was a scene out of a movie. It's like, all right, you're up. <laughs> yeah. For you, what would you say is the best part about doing karaoke? Can I curse on the show or no? Yeah, go ahead. I, here, I'll join you. I'll join you. Fuck. Uh, there you go. I'm an attention whore. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I want that attention. I want the people to feel that vibe and make the whole vibe go up. Here's here's an example. There, uh, Elton John is one of my staples, right? Queen is my first. Elton John's probably my second, to be honest. And a lot of people think, oh, Rocket Man or Tiny Dancer. And like, I think those songs are boring. I want to do Can You Feel the Love Tonight or Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. And Can You Feel the Love Tonight is a really fun song. And everyone knows it from a, uh, from Lion King anyways. And so I was singing that song one night and I've, I've sang it plenty of times and got in the bar really hyped up. But this one night in particular, I had at least eight people pull out their flashlights on their phone and going That's back and forth. Dope. And no, it gets better. I decided <laughs> to sit down on the edge of the stage because I was just so chill about it. And everyone sat on the floor. It was a nasty floor. I'm surprised they did that. But <laughs> everyone was sitting on the floor in a big circle as I'm singing the song and they're waving the lights back and forth. It was it was beautiful. That's cool. It's kind of like a concert and yeah. everybody, instead of having the actual lighter, it's the millennial way of just having your cell phone. That's cool, man. <laughs> you, must have, you must have been like hyped. But you must have been hyped yeah. in that moment. Like, okay, this is awesome. People are really into it. Let's keep going. Mm -hmm. Okay, now you make me jealous. I feel like I want people in my house right now while recording my podcast just flashing their lights. Yeah. Supporting me while I talk to my guests. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but <laughs> that would be great. So for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started karaoke? You were nervous or was it just trying to find the right song or just approaching people that do duets? Like what was the biggest challenge for you? The biggest challenge was the actual learning of how to sing because I wanted to, that was the, that was my motivation. That was the goal. And so I always felt that I was naturally a good singer. Like I have it on both sides of my family, ironically, like my great grandfather was a famous pianist and singer. And on my father's side, like a lot of my uncles and even my aunt and like everyone sings on that side. And I actually never knew any of them personally, but it's in my blood, if you could say that. And my mom always loved singing too. She always loved music. And so I always, I, I grew up with the eighties music, even though I was born in the nineties. It's kind of funny. And so I know a lot of songs of multiple different generations. And I've always been a fan of crooners and that whole like 40, and 60s and even 50s kind of music as well. Fallout definitely helped with that in the past, but it's interesting to think about like all these different kinds of songs I could do. And so I get a wide range and my main favorite is Queen, one of the hardest bands to emulate. And I feel like I do a pretty good, damn good job emulating it in a lot of songs. I have to ask you now, how many songs can you sing if you know from the top of your head how many songs you can sing? I mean, I sang... Probably close to 15 Queen songs alone, let alone like three Elton John songs, 
And then we have like four journey songs, meatloaf, one song. I mean, I could not list it out, but I, I would probably argue like a hundred songs, but I don't know all the lyrics at hearts. Like I used to, I also sing with a band on the street too. So I went beyond just the karaoke hobby and tried to see if I could challenge myself differently. And like on my way to karaoke, I saw this band and I would sing with them. And I can sing Maroon 5, This Love, or <laughs> Idina Mazel, Let It Go, or uh, Valerie by uh, oh, Amy Winehouse. And some of those songs I've done on the streets with or without lyrics for the most part. But I usually have to look at the screen just to keep myself on pace, but I don't necessarily need the lyrics. Okay. And on the same topic of actual challenges, was there one song that was the most challenging to master just because you couldn't find the right tune or tone or like key to sing in. Somebody love Queen. It's one of my most common ones people know me for, but it's one of those songs that uh, there was one guy who came in who was like an actual professional singer, musician, and he would always sing that song. And it was kind of funny because he was kind of one of those people that would, <laughs> I like this guy, but he would kind of be a douche to some people. And I, had an interesting experience with him because I love Queen. He loves Queen. And so there's this initial kind of antagonistic feeling. But I kind of thought back on that whole Abraham Lincoln quote, I destroy my enemies by making them my friend. And so I'd rather make him my friend. I have another example of that too. I could tell you a little bit later, but it's interesting how he's saying somebody love on a regular basis and Adele and stuff like that. But I wanted to learn from him. So he taught me some tricks of how to widen my mouth when I'm singing, like when I did Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. I needed to go higher pitch. And so I widened my mouth more when I do it. And he taught me that. And he taught me a little bit too. And I saw how he's saying somebody to love and I would watch Freddie do it online and, and I would sing it on my own all the time. And I realized there were certain parts of it where you have to hold it in a certain way. And that was one of the hardest ones I had to learn. And Marvin Gaye, let's get it on too. Cause it's a higher pitch song and I'm a tenor too. I can't go very high on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm the high pitch kind. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, the, this is a deep sure. voice. I'm, I'm fake, faking right now. This is this is fake. Yeah, filter. <laughs> it's a filter. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one of your challenges to master that song. But do you have any other challenges these days? Just last fall is when I started doing the hosting. And at this point, that's the new challenge is learning how to host it well. And I trained underneath a DJ for a short time and saw him run a crowd and he didn't actually train me that much, but the guy who runs karaoke now that when I don't do it, he's the main person doing it. He was the person that originally took me there in the first place. So I'm friends with him. I'm friends with his girlfriend. This, I know them really well. Every time I go there, like I, I, have, I have friends there no matter what. But it's interesting how too, they're like, hey, we need this up. We have a wedding we need to go to or something like that. And they asked me first to do it. And so that was the new challenge is like, how do I run karaoke? Getting better at projecting my voice during in the mic learning how to manage the song list because at one point I don't know how this happened. I was 30 minutes over like with songs. I had to cut songs off the list because I had too many people because we had to close by one where I'm from. And so it's one of those things where like I was at 1:30 on the list. I was like, I had to cut this down. So that's kind of the new challenge is like learning how to run it. And I, I feel like after running water aerobics for so long and teaching fitness, I have the ability to run a crowd and like get a crowd up. And since I've sang karaoke for so much, I know how to work a crowd. I know how to make them feel good. I don't necessarily know how to do the customer service aspect or the actual audio part of it too sometimes, that kind of thing. But you know what? You do have the charisma, the enthusiasm. You're, you are very welcoming. So if I am ever in your area, 
I'm not a shy person, so I will jump up on stage with you. We will sing Barbie Girl all night long, man. Oh, yeah. Dude, and I would honestly, like, yeah, we, we would have to plan to do a duet. I want to do more duets here soon, especially with regulars. I used to do them all the time. Speaking of which, I want to do a tiny tangent to my first duet. And so I approach tables all the time. In fact, when I was doing it, like when I first started, I did it because I was trying to get myself out of my comfort zone. And I don't know why. I don't know if it was like the youthful bravado or just like the youthful confidence, but I felt more comfortable doing it than I do now nowadays. Maybe it's because I'm getting jaded at this point. <laughs> I was, I would walk to a table and approach them and see how I meet them and make friends. And I, I would kind of challenge myself to like meet everybody in the bar and, or maybe it's because of COVID too now that maybe I'm a little bit more timid because of that. But I, uh, I would, I would approach every table and I guess in Sweden, it was actually, it's actually kind of taboo to approach someone's table, but there was these three Swedish people, two beautiful girls and this guy who were all sitting at the table and beautiful guy too. They were all sitting at this table and I approached the table. And since they were like here in the U S they kind of forego the taboo thing and they let me sit with them and I was chatting with them, having a good time, being my charismatic self and like excited. And uh, I don't know if any of them were dating at the time, although they ended up dating down the line. It was kind of funny though, because this beautiful blonde Swedish girl, tall, obviously like stereotypical like Swedish girl, she asked me, Hey, do you want to do duets? And super excited about it. And I was, I was too nervous to even ask them. Like I wanted to, but I was, I was still too nervous at that point because I hadn't done one yet. And the song choice was really interesting. Lionel Richie, hello. Hello, is it me you're looking for? Like that song. And so I did it and we sang it together and it was really good. And I just remember being so excited about it. And then I never saw her again in person, at least. Like we saw, we met each other online later on, but never saw her again. A lot of these situations sounds like you are part of a movie. You had people yes. flashing lights. You had this person you just met. And it's like, shall we share a song? But kind of like, you know, when you're like, may I have this dance <laughs> kind of thing. Oh, I should try that. Shall we share a song? Shall we share a song? Instead of handing your hand, you give a mic. Shall we? <laughs> well, if you ever present me a mic, I will be more than happy to sing with you. Any song. I don't even care if I'm bad at singing it. I don't even care if I don't know how to sing it. I will mumble, but I'll be very damn convincing in my mumbling. It's all about the performance. And honestly, too, depending on what song we sing, I'll do my best to make you look good. That's that's one reason why I, I think it's an interesting dynamic with karaoke, too. When you're duetting with somebody and you know what you're doing, you can you could be the start of the show or you could both be the start of the show. But sometimes, especially if they're nervous or something like that, you can take a step back and make them look good by harmonizing with them. As like I said, it depends on the song because some songs are duets where like Aladdin, I can show you the world is a duet. But like there's other songs like Barbie Girl, or not Barbie Girl or like some kind of Queen song, for example, where you'd want to harmonize together. And so it's interesting to think about like, hey, I could like back you up on your vocal, especially if you're kind of gravelly, like by accident, maybe mm -hmm. you didn't drink enough water or something like that. Or if I'm slipping and you can help me out. That's the kind of beauty of the synergy of it. I just imagine for some <laughs> crazy reason that if you and I were singing on stage and I can't sing, but I try. But you like you would try to harmonize with me, but you would have this like f not frustrated face, but like focused face. Like, okay, what is he trying to get? Okay, uh, ooh, like trying to match my tone, but your face would be kind of like squinting. Like, mm. I'm better at it now. <laughs> Maybe when I first started, but like I can read people pretty well now at this point, except for my new boss, which is all another thing. But it's interesting how like when it comes to reading people on stage, like you just you feel that vibe, and once you sing with somebody, you kind of. With dancing, eventually you sync up, right? The steps you do sync up. And that's what happens. Like if you're still new to dancing or new to singing, you're going to have a hard time syncing up. But even just a novice, 
will eventually find that rhythm and you'll start flowing with that person. That's the whole point of those two skills is to find, or like if you're duetting, is to find that rhythm with that other person. I don't have any rhythm, according to my wife, but if you can find it for me, that would be fantastic. <laughs> got you. There's a reason why I sing a lot of soul songs. I got you. I'll dig in there. I'll dig deep. <laughs> So for you, you're talking about, you can, is it when you said the amount of songs you can get in in a night is three to four songs? So how long does it one session usually last for you? Session as in like a night? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, three, it's been a while since we've gotten three to four songs. I don't know if it's because it's gotten more popular and some of the college kids started showing up, but now we get like one or two, maybe three if it's a slow night. So it's kind of, kind of lame how we get less songs and that's kind of been frustrating, but overnights you usually get like one per hour in a way. And I usually stay for a few hours. And what is your technique? Okay, actually, do you have a technique that you do before you start singing a song? Kind of like you drink some lemon water to keep your throat clean or like you do some vocal exercises to try to get your throat opened up or you take a nice, long, steamy bath the night before. I don't know. <laughs> Just improvising. Yeah. So while you were saying that, I took a nice deep breath in a yawn. And one thing I learned from Morgan Freeman when he was on one of the Tonight Show's uh, he talked about how, how they ask him, how do you get his voice so deep? And he just takes a deep breath because it helps relax the larynx. And when you're singing, you're going to stress out those larynx. And it helps you sing a little bit better because then you're not stressing it out as much. Uh, a friend of mine named Marco, he told me about how, because we both like doing Michael Bublé's Feeling Good, which is a hard song to sing sometimes, especially when you really want to belt it out. And at one point I was straining and he came up to me and he told me about his trick where he steps up, puts all his weight on one leg and like strains that one leg. But here's the deal. When you're straining a leg, you are not straining your voice. The pressure's all going down in your body and you can separate the pressure from your throat and your singing. And the same thing goes too when you're trying to get enough air, breathing in. And one last thing, I'm a swim instructor, which I mentioned on your last episode that we were on. I teach, I've taught swim lessons for nearly a decade. I haven't taught in the past few months, but I, I still will. And I've been a swimmer all that time, obviously, because I'm in the pool. And being in the pool, you have to get good lungs. And that's definitely been very helpful with sinking because I can hold my breath. I mean, people can hear this right now. I'm talking so much without taking a breath because I just have that. Okay. Okay. So you get, you have me wondering since you can hold your breath, you can take in a lot of air. How long can you hold the note if you've ever tested yourself? Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, while I'm thinking about what songs I've done to hold a note, I will say <laughs> there's a breathing method called Wim Hof method. Now this isn't really has to do with singing, but it is something really interesting people can look up. You can do it in order to like increase your physical acumen, like doing pushups or cold resistance. So like actually resisting cold, like going out in a swimsuit in a snow kind of thing. But one thing you can also do it for is holding your breath. So I did this method one day in a hot tub. So I'm getting physically relaxed and this method's kind of getting me in a more mental relaxation state and just relaxing in this hot tub. And it's about two and a half, three feet tall in the water. And I'm coming up, breathing, going back down and sinking all the way down. And I did that like about 25 times. And I got to the bottom the last time after doing this method and I held my breath for 90 seconds. And yeah, I was, I actually probably could have gone longer, but around the 88 second mark, I got really excited. And because of that, <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> oh so, yeah. Uh, and then when it comes to like notes, I mean, I've done journey, I've done queen, like I, I pulled off Bohemian Rhapsody by myself. Granted, I lost my voice for two days, but I pulled it off. And I've done Celine Dion's Ashes. I've done uh, At Last by Etta James. It's one of my like top ones I do. 
I feel like I have to challenge you at one point. It's like, all right, Dustin, now hold the note, go. No, you don't have to do it now. <laughs> don't want to strain your voice. Oh yeah, that uh, Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a long note, but yeah. <laughs> I still don't know the lyrics, but I still sing that to my song, to my son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so here's a little darker thing, but I always like asking this question. What are some misconceptions about people who do karaoke? I mean, I feel like there's kind of like this whole idea like, oh, or oh, it's either like bad singers trying to sing or something like that. Or people, there's always kind of this idea like there's people who can sing and think they can sing. And there's people who think they can sing and they can't. And there's people who are kind of like in the background just watching. And so there's always like those kind of people you see at karaoke bars or I don't know. I mean, it's different around the world. Like you said, in your case, that there's separate rooms, for example. And I think that there's this kind of misconception about how karaoke is run around the world. I remember someone in Florida doing it like the way I do it with mine. It was an open bar. And I feel like in Hawaii or Hawaii, that'd be where it would be like too, like an open bar. So I guess there's really this like misconception about too, like who's actually a good singer and that kind of thing. And I don't know, there's, there's something in the tip of my tongue, but I can't seem to get it out. I don't know how to explain it. You know what? So I'm in Canada. So we do have open bar karaoke, but there's also a lot of Korean bar karaoke <laughs> where it's individual rented rooms and you'd rent it out with your friends. And then you just have a little device. You choose a song. You have the weird video playing in the background that has nothing to do with the song itself, which is always off-putting. And But it's fun because people just... They're more of themselves and it could be somewhat of a gateway. So like if you decide to start doing within the private room, so you get to practice and then one day, maybe you might do it in a bar in front of other people, man, you know what? They're both good. There's not one type of karaoke better than another. There's room for all types of karaoke in the world. I also think trial by fire is really good too. So I kind of think that open bar karaoke is a bit better just because of that fact. Like it's, it's good because if you have a crowd, the crowd can carry you. And so if you're having a hard time, but it's a popular enough song, Disney, for example, or Queen, they'll carry you along. And most of the time, regardless if you're good or bad, the, the crowd can carry you. And if, if it's a no crowd, then you don't have to worry about embarrassing yourself in front of people, which is why <laughs> that whole individual room is good. But I feel like you have more options if you're in an open bar. I guess I'll have to try them both. I've done individual rooms for friends' birthdays, and we've all just sang together. Believe it or not, Barbie Girl has been sung in every single like room we've rented it's got it's like a go-to song it's like songs you have to sing yeah exactly yeah, that's my role i'm the deep voice that's but i like to play barbie as herself as well why not switch it up switch the tables <laughs> yeah i'd like to do that why not and so for you what would you say is the most stressful part about karaoke Messing up sucks. And I mean, I remember doing Black Eyed Peas, Where's the Love. And that's a song I've, gr I've grown up listening to since I was a kid. And it's kind of crazy to think about. I know it word for word. And maybe I got a bad version that night. But that's one of the few songs I ever bombed. And I just, I failed at it. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I was running karaoke. I was trying to sing One Republic song. One Republic's one of the bands I grew up with. Ironically, Queen is my top band. I do. But when I listen to music over the years, like One Republic's definitely my teenage years and Avicii over the past decade in general. But like, those are two artists I've never really sang at karaoke just because they've never had the songs downloaded or something like that. And I feel like too, having the random video in the background is kind of annoying. Luckily, <laughs> most karaoke songs just have a blank animation or gradient and then have the lyrics. But like, 
I, those are two artists I had never done. So I tried doing one a couple of weeks ago and my voice was gone. Like I just, I didn't have a voice because of all the cold air dryness. And I think too, just temperature changes, that kind of thing. And dehydration, I guess too, even though I try to stay hydrated. That's one tip too. always stay hydrated. Like drink, like you asked before, go on stage, drink some water. I don't know why, but I failed at it. I, was, I couldn't sing the notes. And so, you know what, guys, I'm sorry. I had to stop and actually quit in the middle of the song, which I never like quit. I've only done it like once before, but I had to. And that's one thing I hate. And then you just do what was it Ashley Simpson did? Just do a hoedown dance on Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. Just dance it off. Dance the rest of the song. Slow dance, break dance, any type of dance. And for you also, what has karaoke taught you in life? I interact with people. That's the thing. Like I can read a crowd better because of that. I can approach different people because of that. I mean, here's a lesson I learned when it came to like going to the bar. I I don't go out for drinking. I don't really even go out for friends because I can meet friends for coffee or tea or have them over. So I don't really go for those two reasons, which are usually people's biggest reasons. I go out to do something. So like singing or dancing. And mainly in this case, karaoke has been my biggest thing. I'm kind of a little slut for karaoke. But it's interesting to think about how yeah, when I first went to that bar, I introduced myself to everybody and that's kind of how I was. And I mean, even with the new employees over the years that I've come and gone, I've always introduced myself and I've been a regular there. So it's kind of, it's kind of a note, like I'm going to be one of the people that are going to meet first anyways, because I'm a regular. But even when I approached new bars and went around experimenting in town to new bars, I would learn the people who work there. And so, for example... One of the other endeavors I was trying to do, kind of like in the same vein as karaoke, was learning how to do salsa and merengue and bachata, which they all do all three in, in this salsa club in town, or at least they did before COVID. And it was cool. It's a small little dinky bar in the back of a hotel. And the hotel actually has three different bars, which is kind of crazy. But um, I met the front desk person. I met the door person. I met the security guard, the bartender, the dance instructor, and the DJ. In fact, that DJ who I worked for was that DJ I met that night. And the way I... Per- like introduced myself to him, I guess, impressed him enough to where that's why he hired me in a way. And like I said, didn't end up working out, but he's a cool guy. I think he's gotten too busy now to run the salsa nights. So maybe I need to go talk to them, see if they can need a host or something like that. But uh, that's my kind of not rule, but mentality. It's like, if I go to a new bar, meet the staff, because then you're going to have people to rely on. And not two times later that I went, I didn't want to drink that night. They're like, Hey, we need to put this drink band on you. And I, I, just, I didn't want to deal with that. I'm like, Hey, I'm not drinking tonight. Do I have to wear it? And he's like, the security guard is like, Oh yeah, I've seen you before. You're a regular. And like walked on this way. And I was like, how did I become a regular? after just coming like one time. <laughs> you got a familiar face. You have a very welcoming face. They're like, Oh, this guy, I can trust this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and so you've given out a lot of advice for people who are interested, but if you had to give any more advice for anybody who might be interested in starting karaoke, what would you tell them? A collection of songs you'd want to sing, but also don't be afraid to do and do stuff. And I mean, it's one of those things too, where you just have to find your rhythm and find the genre you like. I have a tenor too, but I have a wide range. I could do high on certain days. Like some days I can't, but most days I could try. And I mean, I've done Darkness, I believe in a thing called Love, which is a really high-pitched song, and I pulled it off. And But it's one of those things, too, where like, I've done Elvis Presley, Can't Help Falling in Love, which is a more deeper one. So there's a big range there, and you got to know what your range is. And I was never classically trained. I never knew how to read sheet music or something like that. That's a skill I'm going to have to learn one day. And so you don't have to be professional, but you can become one. You can teach yourself. That's what I would often say, too. And don't rely on alcohol. If you have to get drunk in order to sing... That's a bad excuse because I started going before I was 21 and had to be sober in order to sing. And I learned very quickly how to get past that nervousness and it's better to do it that way than to rely on alcohol. See, my my trick is I just go into a blank space 
and don't think. And so far, it works out great. Like right now, I'm in, I'm just kidding. I was going to say, right now, I'm in a blank space and I'm just talking and it's working out great. Now, now I'm focused. It's more like- That was his ass talking there? That was his actual mouth. (laughs) Yes, I'm a ventriloquist dummy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you're absolutely right. Figure out what works best for you. Find songs. And if you want to experiment, try it at home. See what works, (laughs) see what doesn't work. And when it comes to music, you don't have to sing it in the exact tone that the artist created. Find if there's a tone, you have a deeper voice. Find the right key that works for you for that song. If you really like that song, if you have a higher pitch voice, find the right key that works for you for that song. It's yeah, all change about adapting. Octaves. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, that's the word octaves. Yes. Yeah, See, I know music. <laughs> well, and there's some points where yeah, you have to like tone it down for your voice or something like that. Mm-hmm. Was it maybe lock them doors and turn the lights? <laughs> My rule is no country and no boy bands. And I've broken that rule like once or twice, but no country, no boy bands. <laughs> Every now and then, you have to be a rule breaker. Come on, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> that dude Marco I mentioned earlier, like when he left Colombia or where I, or when he left the place I live, I um, he, we sang I think bye bye bye, in him. And it's like oh, you, I had to. Uh, yo, I would sing that. I would definitely sing that. Some Backstreet Boys, some Insync, yeah. Some. I didn't go out of my comfort zone now too. Do yeah, do some Bop, do some Backstreet Boys, <laughs> and like maybe Country Roads or Johnny Cash. Like I'll do that country, but like. I'm trying not to do that kind of stuff, but I want to go outside my normal range too. Like I've done Malcolm Moore downtown, for example. Like I've, it's a more rap based centric song. So it's like, okay. If you need anybody for any type of songs, even though I don't know what it is, I will be your man. I will do it. I don't care about getting embarrassed. I've been embarrassed way too many times in my life. I'm like immune to it now. I'm good to go. (laughs) And so we talked about this at the beginning of the episode, but I'll bring it back at the end. Do you have any social media links, websites, or even projects you're working on that you would love to share with these lovely listeners who had to bear me talking about how I can sing, but I can't really sing? Right now, my content's more around exercise or education, but a future phase is going to be around music. And so if you look up Poly Innovator, you'll find me on any platform, specifically on TikTok or on my website, polyinnovator.space is probably what you'd be more interested in. I am on YouTube as well, though. And it's interesting too, because I often find myself just wanting to sing for more people. I even thought about going to America's Got Talent. So maybe if you see like that's the middle of Poly Innovator uh, or like the Poly Innovator on screen, I need to think of a more better stage name. I feel like Poly Innovator is more personal brand. I need a stage name. Okay, DMAC is a little too. Yo, DMP. 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 Okay, I'll think about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving out bad ideas. That's my job. <laughs> Well, you know what? I'll put those links down below so people can go check that out and follow your journey. And now for the last question. Do you, Mr. The Man of the Hour, have any questions for me? What's your karaoke song? (laughs) My karaoke song. So I am a rapper. I used to produce music. I used to rap. So I'm an MC and I like to rap faster songs. I try. I really like um, Tech 9 but I can't get to his level yet. Childish Gambino, I like his style as well. Uh, songs that I like to sing? Oh, The Temptations. I'm a classic like that from, yeah. I've got sunshine. Yeah, that song. Some some Jackson 5. Oh, and that's that's my, the Motown is my style. I like that. Oh, yeah. Some Harry oh, yeah. Belafonte. I love that as well. Dale. Dale. Yeah. I've also done... Uh, Al Green, that's another one. Like that's that's my style. I like that. Anything mm-hmm. with uh, Louis Armstrong, yeah. <laughs> if I got a deep voice, I can, I can do that. Kinda, maybe. But yeah, those are my go-to songs. I always love singing in the car. I will sing, and I don't care who looks at me. Like I'm just grooving to my music in the car, singing. And I look over, people are looking like, "What is he doing?" I'm like, 
I'm just jamming. I'm grooving. I remember this one time these, it was like these girls were just like, I was just singing. They pulled up and I just like looking around, look over and they're like, Oh, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just dancing, singing. I'm just grooving, enjoying myself, living best, my best life. They're like, okay. And they're kind of smiling and like went by. I'm like, I don't care. I'm still doing what I'm doing. This is my right. jam. <laughs> I have a few little small stories. I don't know if you want to add into the middle of it or just like keep it at the end. It's like now. extra bloopers. Yo, yeah. now. So for one, speaking of uh, my girl, there was one point of a good friend of mine who's a really good singer. He can go a lot higher than I can too. He was outside with these other guys. And I was, I came outside. There's four of us who are all decently good singers and not good singers. And for some reason, we just started singing my girl in a quartet on the street and like just harmonizing with each other. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was just a random quartet out of nowhere. And it just like equally, it quickly came and quickly disappeared. And then there was another story. Oh crap. I think I forgot it. No, my, I had a challenge one day. This is like obviously not COVID friendly, but before COVID I gave 107 people high fives to karaoke. In fact, there was only like 50 people at the bar itself. I had to like high five people on the street, but I found as like many people as I possibly could to high five throughout the night. And like my total ended up being 107. I thought that was pretty cool because it's a very small dinky bar. Like not dinky, I love it, but like it's a small bar. So not, not many people can be in there. And so, like, managed to get 107 people. That's pretty cool. I feel like your hand just turned red after. It's just bloody. It's like, oh, you know what? This was worth it. <laughs> oh, no. Hold on. I got one more. 21st birthday. That's what I had it at karaoke. That's something we had to say. Because I sang Queen. I sang Elton John. But the last song of the night, mind you, this is my 21st birthday. And I had I, I managed to invite 30 people to come to the bar that night, which is, like, basically filled up the place. Many of them partaked, partook in shots with me. And so I ended up having close to, like, 16 shots. But <laughs> for every shot, I had a bottle of water. But like I, uh, I sang a song by Right Said Fred called "I'm Too Sexy," and I tore my shirt off on stage. <laughs> <laughs> you committed. I love that. Yeah, You're like, did. you know what? I'm in it. This is it. I feel like if you ever sang like if you played like "Can't Touch This," you for the rest of the night you just avoided people like "Can't Touch This." Uh, avoid me. Uh. That's what I'm doing now because of COVID. It's <laughs> <laughs> a perfect COVID song. Okay, so I haven't done this before for this podcast, but I feel like it's appropriate for us to, before we end this show, we sing a little snippet of a song just to demonstrate your hobby. If you sing it, I'll make sure I'll sing a song of mine, a song I know. It will be worse. I don't care. If you're up for it, we'll do it. If not, then it's cool. I'll just embarrass myself by myself. It's up to you. Singing together or singing sequentially? No, like you sing your song, like a few lines from your song, and I'll sing a few lines to my song. So people get to know how bad I am. So this is my job. I'm trying to make you look good. Somewhere beyond the sea, somewhere waiting for me, my lover stands on golden sands and watches the ships that go sailing. Clap, 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 clap. I don't want to clap too loud because else it's going to distort the mic. But that was good, man. All right. You ready to hear some bad stuff? <clears throat> God, what song am I going to sing? Um, okay, you know what? I'm going to do a, a song that my grandfather used to sing to me. And now I sing it to my son every night before I'm oh. going to bed. It doesn't make sense, but here it goes. Oh, Matino, Matino, ouvre la porte à moi. Oh, Matino, Matino. Ouvre la porte à moi, oh la pluie a mouillé moi, le soleil a brûlé moi, a tiki dak a tiki dak ouvre la porte à moi. 
<laughs> slowly. There's it's, a little bit of French in there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it's French. So French okay. is my first language. It's I think it's like oh. French Creole. I'm not entirely sure. I still don't know who made the song, but every night for since my son was born, we sing it to him before he goes to bed. Lovely. I actually almost sang the French version of Somewhere Beyond the Sea like during that little snippet, but I didn't want to hog the attention too long. <laughs> I because uh, the Somewhere Beyond the Sea by Bobby Darren was based off of Charles Trenet's La Mer. So, La Mer, au cher de ti, Yeah, I, I don't know how good my French is, but... It's good. It's good, man. I feel like we should just have a separate episode of just you singing. Oh, no. <laughs> There's a reason why I haven't recorded these songs. I don't know how good oh, it's I'm, I'm, I'm just using this as blackmail. That's that the only reason I'm doing this, just in case later on. Oh. <laughs> So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, Dustin, for coming on the show again and making me sing for the first time on this podcast. It's and amazing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's something that you can use as blackmail to blackmail now too. Fantastic. <laughs> If you guys want to learn more about Dustin, I'll put all the links down below in the description so it'll be very easy to find. And if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you love the podcast and you want to show some love, you can be a patron. You can also buy some merchandise on my Redbubble page where I have merchandise or leave a review or just share my podcast with someone you know. You can even sing it to them. They might not appreciate you singing about my podcast to them, but you know what? It might it might be good. You never know. But it would be greatly appreciated. But what you need to do is go show Dustin some love. So Dustin, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I lost you for a second there. I wanted to also mention too, since this is my second time coming on here, I think it exemplifies what my personal brand's about, being multidisciplinary and having many hobbies, having many skills. So maybe a year from now, two years from now, I'll come back on with another hobby for you. <laughs> Man, the door is always open for you. I always love when I have reoccurring guests coming back saying, Alex, I have this new hobby. And it actually adds more light on that human saying, oh, cool. This person has this type of hobby and then this type of hobby. Cool. That's a multi facet multifaceted is that a word yeah, yeah that's it's like a multi it's, it's, yeah it's a word i'm french I'm, I'm using my french as an excuse that not knowing english words it's a multidisciplinary yeah let's use that as well it's a universe of yes. hobbies and Skills. characteristics thank you yes you are completing my sentences way better than i am i'm sorry <laughs> i don't want to be that kind of person but i also wanted to say too at some point i need to have you on my show when i'm doing interviews again because you're mm -hmm. obviously multidisciplinary and talking about just being a host and uh, being a rapper and being a podcast host too plenty of skills that need your belt to be a perfect fit for my show and also a board game creator yes, yes. i am there i am go. doing for, that should have mentioned that too yeah so, i mean that's my resume check mark <laughs> well you know what once you're ready to have me on, I'll be more than happy to be a guest on your show and sh maybe even sing again. Redeem oh, myself. No. Oh, no. <laughs> that might actually be a thing because because it'll be a reference to this episode, too. Perfect. Yeah, there you go. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>